When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Claret and Blue for the match preview for the final game of the season. Aston Villa versus Brighton. Winner takes European Conference League, Europa Conference League. Big, big game for Aston Villa. Ash, your final match preview, working with us as Aston Villa reporter. How are you, mate? Everything okay? Yep, fine, mate. Last visit to Bodymore Heath as well. And I was treated to... Oh, here we go. Four years covering the Villa. Nice touch from from the club. Everyone signed it. Tyrone Ming's signature was missing, and Megan from the club kindly said, Tyrone's signature is missing. I'll, I'll go and get it quickly. And she sorted it. So I've got the complete set. Yeah, when I get that on my office wall, yeah, I love it. Look at that. In the last few weeks, we've started these by saying, "Yeah, what's it like at Bodymore? Well, how's the food and the kind of the, the vibe and that kind of thing?" I was going to say, obviously, they knew would have known it was your your last time there. Have they done anything special? Was there any party food out or anything? Yeah. But a shirt's a nice touch. No, nah, really nice. Yeah, nice little speech as well from uh, head of communications, Tommy Jordan. Just thanking thanking me for the coverage and, and yeah, like been crazy, mate. Quite emotional in there again. So it's getting me again. But um, yeah, really th- thankful for the club. One hell of a ride covering them, my club, your club for the past four years. And to, to sign off with a shirt was um, pretty special. We'll get stuck into it then. Uh, we'll have half an hour. So let's go through the press event, Uno Emery's last one. Um, before we get into the specifics of what he said today, yeah. how have you found his press conferences over the last oh, six months, pretty much? How, how, you know, you, Has it been a kind of education, do you think? Massively in education, yeah. You, you. Um, I mean, his English first and foremost is he's better than mine. I think he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's spoken English. He's incredible, and yeah, you, just, you, you find yourself really concentrating on every word because, like you say, you, when you read when you read the stuff back, there's a transcript on the website now. When you read it all back, it, there's lo- loads of detail in there mm. um, in terms of what he's looking for. I mean, just an example. He was asked about how do you make things better next se- next season, given what you've done. And he wants Villa to be better, better without the ball and pressing higher up the pitch. And he's going into really real specifics. He wants wants to nail that next season. So he's, he's still not happy considering he's competing with Guardiola and Arteta points wise. Yeah. He's still not happy. He wants Villa to be more front footed next season and to uh, be better away from home because the home form pretty much nailed the home form now. Just the away from home, maybe a little bit better, a little bit smarter. But yeah, the uh, press conferences are always. Uh, it's always like a going back to school kind of thing. The way Emery speaks about football in general is uh, pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, they're very good, very detailed. And today's was stacked, stacked full of things on Brighton. He loves watching Brighton play, Dan. He absolutely mm. waxed lyrical about them and their style. And he spoke about, obviously, the, the, the summer transfer policy and what, what he's looking to bring in. Um, Ashley Young's contract situation. Uh, and, yeah, just, just he's desperate to get Villa into Europe and... Let's hope let's hope it's a job well done on Sunday. Yeah, well, like we said at the start, it's a one-game shootout. It's interesting that you mentioned the the points per game with him, Guardiola and Arteta. I think we worked it out, and I, I don't know whether it's true now, but at one stage it was that his points per game would equal a 70-point yeah. season, give or take, which is top four material. And yeah. this isn't over 10 games. It's, you know, what is it, 24, 25, yeah. something like that, 26? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the the future is bright, isn't it? To to coin a cliche from a scarf ten years ago or so, the future is bright. Um, let's talk about Ashley Young very quickly. Then, what did you mention about the new contract situation? There is it a case of let's get Brighton out of the way first? Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 To sit down with Young on Tuesday, so three days ago now, uh, about in Heath, and I think they just just discussed it. Um, obviously, his contract's coming to an end next month, but he said, yeah, focus will be on the match Sunday and then he's going to sit down with Young again next week in, in the club and the owners, he said. And Young will be the priority. I was rattle off what he said about Young's situation, the hot topic at the moment. I spoke with him on Tuesday. I told him we're going to decide after the match on Sunday and we'll talk with the owners and I'll analyse deeply each of the players' situations. So talking more broadly about other players. Um, his contract is finishing and he's the first player we, we have to speak with. So mm, pretty hints at maybe yeah. he should be sticking around. But um but yeah, he's gonna we'll go into detail about every player situation um next week with the owners, with Johan Langer and Christian Perslow and, and shape the squad ahead of preseason. Hmm. What did he say about Brighton then specifically? Because we've come down to this situation now where it is a one game shootout. Emery said a, a few times now that if we go into that final game with Brighton with something to play for, that's a great position to be in. And we agree with that. It is as simple as we win, we finish seventh, and, mm. and that's nice. And I think we've maybe got a little bit carried away by going, oh, well, we will win. And I do think we will, but it is yeah. it is going to be a tough game. So what did Emery say about that specifically? Yeah, he was asked about the, being, being a high-pressure situation, but he loves he thrives off pressure. He loves yeah. pressure. He said, um, if you don't, no pressure, no point kind of thing was the vibe I got from him. He really thrives off it. And like you say, being the serial winner, he has been. He loves these kind of situations, one-game shootouts, and with a, a, like I say, a lot of pressure. But um, yeah, he's he's very very complimentary of Brighton. He says it'll be his toughest toughest challenge yet. Um, he says says that most weeks Liverpool was his toughest challenge last week. We're going into Brighton. He said he John McGinn spoke about it last week. He's obsessed with getting 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 over the line and beating Brighton on Sunday. I'm expecting a fast start from Villa. Hmm. I spoke to a few of the Brighton reporters earlier. I'm, I'm expecting Villa to go. Two 0 up, or try and win the game at half time. That that that's what I'll be looking to do. They tried to do that last week at Liverpool. Win win the game at half time, just see it out. But um, but yeah, yeah. Emery spoke spoke well of Brighton. I was going to ask you about that towards the end in the kind of prediction section, but we'll do it mm. now as you've mentioned it. Is that how you see the game kind of panning out? Villa will come out the blocks fast because there's part of me that kind of just thinks. Will it be this kind of pragmatic clean sheet first? If we keep a clean sheet, there's a good chance we'll we'll go on and win the game. Do you think mm. it'll be kind of bang, bang, bang? Let's go out and score goals. I think so. Really fast start. They know what they know. The prize that's an offer, Dan, don't they? Uh, mm. Just win the game and wrap it up in the first forty-five if you can. Brighton, nothing to play for, as we know. We'll be we'll be a bit dangerous, won't it? Because obviously, when players play a bit more freedom, mm. you never know. In Villa go goal down early on. It'd be interesting how they react, given. I might have to need to win the game. So, um, yeah, it's very nervy. I'm starting to feel the nerves now, just thinking about it. Um, I'm not even playing, so yeah, I don't know how the fans are feeling. I'm really nervous myself. But, yeah, they'll try and come out the blocks quick time, try and mirror what they did against Newcastle. And, and I thought the performance, the Tottenham, last home game against Tottenham was very good as well. So, yeah, the quick start from Villa. Try and really, really go at Brighton's throats and try and do two or even three nil up at half-time. You never know. Imagine that. It's going to be a great atmosphere anyway, but if we do, if we are ahead early doors, it's going to be unreal. Yeah. Um, whilst we're on some of the positives, let's get the negatives out of the way and go through the injury update very quickly. And the biggest one of, of the presser is Alex Moreno. Two to three months out back in August, Emery said. Yeah. Not great, is it that? No, no, devastating. It's funny. 
the way he did it as well at Anfield, he jumped up for a header with Van Dijk. Usually when you do a hamstring, you, you're sprinting or, mm. do you know what I mean? You, you pull up, but um, he did it kind of landing. So, yeah, he had surgery last week, Moreno. Also unusual for surgery for hamstring. It's yeah. almost like you pop your hamstring and you might be out six to eight weeks for it to be surgery as well, bad. which shows it's a, a serious one. The only, yeah. I said it's, a, it's obviously not great news and it isn't the kind of, quirkier side of it is that if someone's going to get injured for two or three months I'd rather they do it over the summer break and join the season time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that but yeah it's come at a good time in, in that respect Dan but yeah massive blow really um, mm. so we, we, we respond from that Luca Dean will have a head start over going into next season you'd feel uh, as well so um, yeah he'll start tomorrow so yeah I mean yeah gutted really and obviously team news we'll go to the team news Diego Carlos trained yesterday mm. and today, and I think he'll be back amongst the squad on uh, on Sunday. Callum Chambers will return from illness as well. Still no Coutinho, his season's done, as we know. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's the state of play, yeah. Gutty for Moreno, but like you say, it's come at a decent decent time. We'll do predict 11 fully in a second. Do you think it'll be Dean at left-back, or is there a chance for Young to go over there and maybe concert to play right-back Carlos in the middle? Yeah, I think Luca Dean will, will stick will be at left back. Emery yeah. likes his experience. I think he he obviously played picked him at Anfield as well, given the a strong Liverpool at Liverpool are at home. So he opted for Dean in in that game. And I did I didn't think he did too much too too, too much wrong, Dan. Uh so yeah, Dean starts for me. 100% left back and I think Matty Cash probably get the nod right back. So we're going to predict 11 then predictions and, and away from match day our usual segments for the show. I said Ash that we'd have a few surprises up our sleeve and one of those is that obviously you can't come to Clamp Blue Live next week so I thought I'd try and bring Clamp Blue Live to you in some aspect. So as we're going to the predicted 11 let's welcome to the show Matt Kendrick and John Townley. Let's have a four-way end of season show for the last episode for you. Welcome, lads. You're right. <laughs> I bet he's expecting something much better than us, then, wasn't he? When you said this, <laughs> you thought you got him a stripper or something. Brilliant. Oh, hey, mate. Yes, I ain't no surprise that I didn't expect that at all. The well there, Dan. Yeah, yeah a four-way match preview. Who'd have thought it? Incredible. Yeah. Uh, nice to see you, lads. Yeah. It's a new ages. I've not got to contribute anything to this, have I, other than saying nice things about Ash. I've not done We'll get to that in a bit. I th- yeah, we'll save that till the end. Let's have a little chat about Brighton between us then. So, uh, predicted level, like I said, Ash, you can kind of take the, the reins on this as the the guy. Uh, what's the full lineup going to be for this massive game, Sunday? Huge game, isn't it? Yeah. Martinez. I'm interested if we'll stick with Cash at right back or we'll go with Young, but yeah. Martinez, Cash, Conser, Mings, Luca Dean, John McGinn on the right side, uh, Kamara, Douglas Louise, Jacob Ramsey. And I think he might go Buendia this time as opposed to Bailey. Buendia and Watkins mm. in attack. What do you do, Michael? John, you go first. Is that sure uh, you're wearing, by the way? No, it's just a polo. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I haven't come too formal for the, uh, for the big league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's too much to sort of debate in the team for tomorrow. I think... I think the game is one that the Villa Park crowd will be well up for. I think you can kind of put any team out there and they'll give it 110%. But obviously, yeah, a couple of dilemmas between like your Buendia's, Bailey's, but ultimately, I think whatever team plays tomorrow, I think we'll I think we'll do the job. So I'm really optimistic. But let's talk about the atmosphere a little bit. Matt, I'll come to you for this. Uh, I don't know how which, which approach you'll come at here, whether it'll kind of be eternal optimist or boring old git that doesn't like shiny new things. There's all this talk about arriving, uh, you know, getting the, the team bus a big, big, big arrival. 
uh, Flags and Project B6 off Melbourne's going to be pitch side at a, mm-hmm. a farewell to Jed Steer. Like it's a big event going on around the edges of the game. How do you feel about all that? I don't mind it to be honest. I think um, the last time I saw anything like that outside of Villa Park was in my my memory was when they were protesting against Randy Lerner. <laughs> <Randy laughs> so we've come nice, a long way. We? It's nice for us to be coming coming together for for a positive purpose, isn't it? And you know, and I'm glad because we've said this before. Regardless of what happens. Oh, when I've lost track Sunday, isn't it? Well, regardless of what happens on Sunday, this has been a successful, successful season. Um, even with the the disadvantage that that we started with for the first couple of months, so I'm all I'm all for. You know, sometimes we talk about you know not wanting to force the issue too much and not wanting to create an artificial atmosphere. But I don't think it is artificial in the sense that the sun's hopefully going to be shining. We're going to be in the mood to party anyway. So bring it on. Yeah, I've seen a few kind of tweets about it like it, oh, it's small time to let the coach have this big big arrival and why we're we celebrating seventh place it's like well this is what football's for isn't it like if you can't celebrate trying to like it's kind of like the ones i've seen specifically today because it's the, the 41st anniversary of winning the european cup it's like oh we're celebrating conferencely like we won the european cup 40 years ago so like, we won trophies in the 1900s what we're never going to celebrate again because we, we haven't done anything for a long time like it's a one-off game we win it's our biggest achievement for a long time We've been out of Europe for what, 10, 11 years. It'll be our highest positional place since O'Neill, our highest points return for probably as many years as well. If you can't get up for that on Sunday, then stay at home. <laughs> yeah, on with you, Dan, totally. Well, it's what an effort, just crediting the players and the, and the staff, isn't it? What an effort it's been over mm-hmm. seven months. We'll give a bit back to them, what they've done, what they've given us as well, to be in the, be in the European picture and to, yeah, just roar them on like they did in the playoff in 2019. The players got a lot, a lot from that and the coach. And seeing all the scenes there, so yeah, I'll be with my, my pyro as well. Well, welcome me, no doubt. I'll be up for that. Very quickly, talk about pitch invasions. Now, I come at this from a, a strange angle that, that all the kind of talk I've seen about pitch invasions is like people saying, Don't do a pitch invasion. I've not actually seen anyone say, Yes, let's have a pitch invasion. It's people jumping on saying, No, don't have one. As much as I'm happy for people to get their flares out and celebrate the coach arriving, don't go on a pitch. Christ, like if we do finish seventh, it's a great achievement, of course, but we're on a pitch invasion for that. Come on, like Newcastle didn't pitch in value for top four. Brighton didn't yeah. pitch in value for, for the Europa yeah. League. So stay in your seats yeah. and, and appreciate the players at the end. Stay off the pitch, man. Yeah, I, I'm in the top of the Trinity, so I definitely. Well, if you're down there, something's gone wrong, hasn't it? I definitely <laughs> doing a pitch invasion. If I am, I'll have two broken legs. <laughs> yeah, because I think that would ruin the um, the lack of appreciation after the game as yeah. well. So for multiple reasons, don't be an idiot. Just don't do it. I mean, if we do get Europe, it'll be like euphoric for the whole stadium. But no. The scenes will be in the stands, not on the pitch, hopefully. Predictions then. We normally end with the show, but we're going to do this in a bit of a lopsided order. I'll save yours to last, last, as this will be your last ever prediction on a match preview. Uh, John, how is it going to play out? I think we'll win. And I'll say 2-1. But Brighton are a really good team. I'm just kind of clinging on to them, not playing for much. So we'll we'll just have more sort of energy and intensity. And we'll use the crowd, um, obviously. But I don't think it will be as sort of clear-cut as what even I was expecting a couple of weeks ago when Brighton, we knew we were probably going to be playing for nothing. But yeah, just watching them against Man City when I know City didn't really have much to play for at the time anyway, but they are really good and they can rotate and still compete really well. So it'll be a very close game, I think, but I think we'll still get the win and that'll, and that'll be that. I'll be checking my phone throughout the game as well. Obviously, this Spurs, Spurs result is the big one, isn't it? Obviously, Brentford, sort of the outsiders in the race for seventh, but I think we'll do the job. Before you join John and Matt, Ash was saying, oh, we might be up like 3-0 by half-time, so we'll see what his full-time <laughs> score is in a sec. Prediction for you, scoreline? We're going to win? 
I don't know, just thinking, oh, it's a shame Spurs and Leeds can't both lose, isn't it? Um, <laughs> in terms of Villa, yeah, let, let's go for, let's go for a, a kind of an edgier one. Let's go for a 2-1, but it's, it's in jeopardy until the, you know, make this, final, make this final day of the season really, you know, let, let's let's force it to the to the very end. Like, don't do 2-1 up and, um, yeah, and they're, they're bombarding our goal for the last <laughs> 10 minutes. Let, let's really put ourselves through the mill. No way. Uh, oh, no, 5-0 at half-time. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> uh, Ash, you said 2 or 3 up at half-time, having a really fast start. What's it going to be by full-time? Four one, four one, we're four one. Okay, yeah, nice. party, party going to start. It's going to be chaos, and and yeah, the scenes afterwards hopefully will be great. And yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'm to be fair with Ash. I think we will start really well, but I, I don't know. It, it probably depends if we can get that second and maybe third goal. I think that's mm. the point, really. Or do we let Brighton sort of come into it and then start dominating the game and then it gets a bit nervous? So I think it'll go one or two ways. The final section for the show is usually in the middle, away from match day, the time when we kind of forget about the upcoming game, in this case, Villa versus Brighton. And um, we talk about something totally different. Today's totally different segment is tributes to Ash. Yeah. Ash, you pro- probably your last podcast for us, unless you come back as a, as a guest appearance, which is totally down to you. But working for us, this will be the, your last preview. Me and Matt will do the post-match on Sunday, so we might not see you on a proper show again. Matt, I know you wanted to come on and have a little bit of a, an ode to Ash, so I'll give you the floor now. And listen, he knows, he knows, knows what I think of him. I don't want to embarrass him too much, but... I think he's done a, a really, really cracking job. You know, I I think Steve Steve Wollaston, uh, our colleague and Ash's current boss, um, coined the phrase "supporter reporter." I think I think mm. Ash, you mentioned that, didn't you? Yeah, and it's spot on for me because it's difficult to get into clubs now. In terms of, it's difficult for me to get into clubs. Come to all, but <laughs> it's difficult to <laughs> it's difficult to get <laughs> it's difficult to get access at clubs, get information out of clubs. And I've always said that generally trading kind of information and opinion, I think Ash has been able to balance both of those things really well in terms of getting bits of information when he's needed to, but always having an opinion on things that matter to Villa fans. Really candid, really engaging, really real. And it's, you know, people might think sometimes that it's, you know, the the best job in the world, and it can be, yeah. but it can also be frustrating because there's a lot of pressure on you. People want you to know everything that's going on. You, you break a bit of news and they're not satisfied. They want the next next bit and the <laughs> next bit. Um, but I think he's done it. He's done it with a smile on his face. He's done it by being genuine. Um, and we're going to miss you, mate. It's going to be a really hard act yep. to follow. No, nah, nice one, yeah. You see this shirt I got as well? The ground, quite good. Oh, I like good. that. That's nice. Yeah. It's on shirt. Nice, nice touch from the club. That's brilliant. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is the, is the four the four your four years in it? You're not going to start. Yeah. You're not going to start playing in a deeper role, are you? <laughs> oh no, no chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just literally echoing what Matt said. Obviously, I've only worked with you for well since you well in second year, maybe of you've been a role actually. But everything that you've, I suppose, I mean, you probably didn't even know at the time, but taught me and obviously working alongside you, I've taken loads um, from being a journalist and how to say engage with supporters, engage with an audience in terms of a media perspective. I don't think I could have sort of learn from anyone that does that as well as you do. So, yeah, much the same as what Matt said, and we'll catch up anyway in the office very soon. So. Yes, mate. Yeah, looking forward to that. Nice one, John, Matt. Yeah. You've had a Premier League final day survival, a cup final. Uh, throughout the COVID pandemic, you were our representative inside the stadiums during that, that season of lockdown. 
Uh, from Dino to Gerard to Emery from the first episode of the podcast on my parents' sofa. Do you remember yeah. that one? Matt's dodgy four, four Christmas jumper. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. And his socks out. Uh, yeah. Into the office, the press box at Villa Park and around the country. From sitting in your car on cold nighttime shows, jumping on in the freezing cold, to standing in the car park at Bournemouth away on the first day of this season, which feels one. like a lifetime ago, yeah. after another open day defeat. Great bar to Minneapolis, to Leipzig, to Townsend, Perth and Brisbane, to Wren and back to Villa Park itself. You've done absolutely loads, mate. So here's a few of your best bits. Hello. What do you want first, Dan? The positives or the negatives? Stepping away. I can't believe I'm doing it. It's weighed heavily on me. Sorry, what? He wanted the job. He got the job. And he's just turned the old club around. The bloke, he's a legend. It's coming for the 76 days. He's putting a brave show like that. New side, don't forget. Villa learning all the time. Joe, just how far Villa have come. So I don't think Villa will be that busy in January. That they did all the work in the summer. Get a striker ASAP. Another missed opportunity for me. They're there for the taking. Maybe half arse is a bit, a bit too strong for, for the word, but... Valiant old Villa, pushing uh, Guardiola City all the way, right into the death. They're all in it together. And the proof today, they, they can go do it against anyone. Hold on to your hats. Uh, and here we go. Um, hopefully it's straightforward, but it never is, is it? That's only just hit me. You're one of the very few people that can say that you were there when you saw Villa beat Liverpool 7-2. That's incredible. So lucky. I've kept the, I've kept the team sheet for a rainy day. And, you know, never know. It might be worth a few back in the future. But, well, yeah, incredible. Yeah. There's, a, there's a quote from Dean Smith. He said, if we play Derby in the final, we can't lose or something. The probabilities. He just knew. He, he knew. He just knew. Once we beat West Brom, we were never going to lose. Just blitzed. So completely blitzed. Um, Villa of Shadow and themselves. Three on the bounce now. I, I am, I feel like I've had my stomach ripped out, you know. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, I really that's am. Fun. Yeah, it's just the way it is, and that's how I'm feeling. When it went in two footy too strongly, the fan, the fan of me coming out, I was hurt as well at the time. Totally stunned, to be honest with you, I really am. Uh, I'm about to dart away from watching the local Sunday League side. You're all saying, get going, he's been sat, I've had to dart here to speak with you, and he's on Villa's list, I, I, I can say that with, with confidence. He, he looks the real deal. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I was a bag of nerves this morning. Gerard Villa Park, his drive to succeed is unreal. Here we are, Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. Welcome to Townsville. Good morning from Perth. Very emotional, really. Me covering it as well. Massive Villa fan. Pinch myself sometimes. But uh, here we are. How's the jet like? You alright? Yeah, I got in Monday lunchtime. Ready to rock and roll. Are we ready? Ready for Bournemouth, yeah. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, I don't know what this identity is or what, what they're trying to do. The owners, the owners aren't happy with where Villa are with the money they've spent, the talent they've got in the building. They need a big shift. Unai Emery's the man to do that. Can't stop smiling, mate. Yeah, buzzing with a, uh, an away win. Proper good showing. Long may continue. Let the goals keep flowing. So this is quick four questions with Alan Hutton. Describe your Aston Villa managers in one word. <laughs> Remy Gard. Not got a one for that guy. No. Over £130 million worth of players up there and the, they can't beat Stevenage. It says a lot. It's family reasons, that's why. Yeah. It's my daughter's coming up to four now. She wants a weekend with the daddy back. And, and yeah, you don't get to do that doing the villa, which, yeah, tough decision. But I think I made the right, right call. Very emotional, yeah. You're getting me going in a minute. Bloody hell. Well in, Ash, well in. Nice. That is incredible. So, it's nice because I'm signed in so I can see us at the bottom watching that and you smiling all the way through. And some of the bits in there I absolutely love. Like, are we ready for Bournemouth? Yeah. And then it cuts like, <laughs> oh, nah, <laughs> what's this identity about? Then the one before that, like, oh, we've got enough players. Oh, sign a striker. That was in like three weeks after or something. Yeah. Amazing. Great, great stuff, mate. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Oh, my God.
that's it Ash for your, for your final match preview and probably your final podcast have a lot you said you're always welcome back but that's your decision to to jump on if you fancy it if we beat somebody 5-0 and you think oh I fancy going out having a chat with the lads you're, you're absolutely yeah. more than welcome awesome. um, so as it's the last one Matt, John thanks for joining us as always Ash I'll let you do the honours and, and do the outro and say you thanks and goodbyes pressure on the spot yeah, yeah thanks to everyone yeah <laughs> I'm welling up again there but uh, yeah amazing four years and yeah I can't thank everyone for the support the comments that have come in Villa for the sign shirt today, just topped it all off. And yeah, I hope I was okay for you across the four years. And, and yeah, I'm gone, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, I'll play the outro and get you out of here. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.